0: So, welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Axis Communications, and thanks as always to our supporting partner, Three X Logic. Now, my guest this week is Josh Gatt. Josh is Group Risk Manager at Forever New Clothing. Now, Josh has held senior leadership roles for most of his retail career. His experience spans the world, including Asia Pacific, North America, Middle East, UK, and Europe. In fact, currently covering Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Canada, UK, EU, and the Middle East. If his LinkedIn profile is up to date and to be believed, we can check on that. Um, Josh is also the project lead for the implementation of an RFID program, whereas labels are applied at source and stores conduct weekly counts. Fascinating development that we'll certainly touch on as well. For completeness of inventory, um, Josh recently took responsibility for the third party logistics and final mile carrier management as well for six international markets. Josh is well-known on the retail risk circuit and is also a member of the Profit Protection Forum Steering Committee, a non-profit organisation that provides a platform for retail risk professionals in Asia-Pacific. Also, Josh, welcome. Thank you for being my guest this week.
1: Thanks for the intro, Paul. Nailed it. Happy to be here. So, um,
0: a raft of you know, bits and pieces that I want to talk to you about and some really uh, fascinating um, uh, projects. But before we do that, what did you want to be growing up? Young Josh at school, staring out of the window. What, what, what was the dream? Was it to run RFID projects or, uh, or was there something else on the, uh, on the horizon? In the
1: the day? <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, I guess it's a pipe dream. I think we all grew up, well, most of us grew up as young aspiring footballers to, to, to play in some kind of professional league early on, I knew I didn't have the capability to achieve that. Um, coming out of school, I wasn't sure what to do. Um, and I think most people in in our industry kind of fall into what we do. Um, before I got into retail, at one point, I was at the final stage of joining the um, the Defence Force um, before I took on a, a loss prevention role at a, a local store in, in our shopping centre. Um, and from there, I was, I was given an opportunity to take a full-time role. Um, so yeah, I just, just fell into it by chance. Uh, like I said, I don't think anyone comes into, uh, or comes out of school saying, I wanna be a, a loss prevention manager or a retail risk operator.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe there's some uh, some education to, uh, mm-hmm. to be done there to, uh, to put it on a few careers list. So um, just before we get uh, get going on, on your work, give me a little bit of an overview about Forever New clothing what what does the business look like what's it entail stores online profile that kind of thing
1: yeah so a a melbourne founded business uh, i think it was 2006 um i think we're currently operating in about 13 different stores at present had quite an aggressive expansion period and has recently um kind of settled its strategy to focus on a couple of different growth markets. Um, but the business uh, really offers up uh, female fashion um, options, uh, mostly focused on apparel, um, but offering a, a complete outfitting um, service um, right through from footwear to, to accessories. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned all the, well, most of the markets that uh, sit in my remit. Um, so quite expansive um, and we play across all different streams so I, I guess we aspire to be what most retailers aspire and, that, and that's to be a true om- omni channel retailer
0: yeah interesting and so you know with this you know sort of aggressive expansion and operating in lots of uh, markets what on earth does your day-to-day look like so you know, Josh sits down in the morning, opens the laptop up. What on earth takes <laughs> the bulk of your time?
1: Uh, so we, you mentioned in the intro, Paul, that I've recently taken on uh, management of some of our international 3PL markets. So our logistics. Um, and that's for completeness of inventory with the RFID project. Um So I open up my laptop in the morning and there's quite a bit of feedback and and, um, operational priorities coming out of our our Canadian and and UK um, warehouses. Um, And to be honest, the logistics piece is taking up the majority of my time these days. Um, I think everyone's aware of the um, current ongoing uh, supply chain issues. Um, and that all comes to a head when you get to that last mile or last mile um, DC operations where you've got to get it in and get it out just as quick. Um, outside of that, it's the RFID project. Um, we're just at the final stage of our phase one, which um, we've coined. Uh, we've stolen it from someone. Actually, I won't mention any names. Just count it. Um, so that's really stores um completing counts every week and getting our stock accuracy up to to an optimum level. We're completely live in three countries. So we just need to roll out a few more Northern Hemisphere countries to to really put the exclamation mark in the end of phase one. And currently phasing, sorry, scoping uh, phase two, which is POS integration and phase three, which is optimization within the supply chain um further to that uh, operational risk which partnering with uh, senior leadership team and some of the execs on department ex- specific operational risks um, putting some shape around that um the global insurance program falls under that um it's, it's a real pain that one um and then the cherry on top is the um, support and management of the retail risk team um which is Um, I'm quite lucky they're very well sorry they're highly capable um, and they actually don't take a lot of my time. So a a
0: huge diverse remit there I can't uh, uh, move on without asking a little bit more about RFID uh, and the project there clearly it's something that a lot of retailers have either implemented or they're certainly looking at just in terms of the drivers for that was that a board level decision that said we're going to do this? Was there somebody in your team that sort of put a business case? How did it come about that it that it actually got this global rollout? And then perhaps you can delve into a little bit more detail about where you are now.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so I think anyone who's gone through or has started an RFID implementation will probably start by saying it's a journey. Now yeah, started with a discussion at a retail risk conference actually in melbourne about five years ago um, we didn't have a problem to solve we were inter- interested in the technology and what it could offer um, so we commenced a, a proof of concept um, like i said we didn't have a problem to solve we wanted to play with the technology understand it and see if we could build a business case off the back of that um, it didn't progress any further at that point like i said we didn't have or we couldn't see the problem to solve um, fast forward um a year or two um and the problem to solve sort of slapped us in the face um we saw the opportunity and said you know what that's what rfid can resolve um, and enable the business around omni channel and customer friction um, and that that was the catalyst for the business case to be built um, And yeah, here we are today. So we've gone through the process of um, RFP going to market for labels, software, um, hardware, Um, selected all of those, um, two different or two more proof of concepts, Um, RFID labels um, being uh, tagged at at source. We've got quite an expansive factory base across Asia. Um, So that was a big piece of work. Um, as I said, we're live in three countries from a retail perspective. Um, it's delivering on the stock accuracy component that, that we thought it would, which is great. Um, the retail risk team are happy because they no longer have to attend stock takes. Um, so anyone who has to attend a stock take, um, they know that the joy in not having to, to attend those anymore. Um, and yeah, here we are today. It's It's been exciting. It's been a challenge um, and it, it's, there's so much more to do. I know hearing some other businesses who have implemented RFID and where they are today, you think the likes of um, Zara River Island, I think they'll all tell you it's a sort of five or six year journey once you seriously start your implementation. So although we're we think we're quite far um, progressed. The reality is there's still so much more to go. And, and across
0: the business, it, um, I mean, getting the stock accuracy up is clearly, you know, a huge must for, for any retailer, particularly at the, at the moment. Has, has, has there been universal delight, if you like, at, at the technology within the business, you know, or is there if there's been a bump, what has been the main bump along
1: the way? Oh, yeah, look, there's definitely change management w- with all your stakeholders. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's been a bump. Um, definitely with the retail operations team, um, you know, that's, that's where most of the, the change comes. And although the stores don't have to execute a stock take every sort of six months, um, they do move to a point where they have to complete a cycle count sort of every one, two three or four weeks depending on the store type um, and that that takes into account a fair bit of effort in making sure all of your incoming transfers are managed outgoing transfers are managed you um, kind of move to that weekly or fortnightly um, stock take um, preparation process um, that said they're seeing the benefit they're on board um, they always were um, but I think I think that's the biggest the biggest uh stakeholder to to influence and make sure you get the change management right um i think as a a retail risk operator retail operations and stores are always your biggest customer customer and stakeholder so if you get that right then life's life can be pretty easy
0: and and again so and you've been out on a charm offensive as well no doubt with your sort of uh uh, you know, best, best put forward and, uh, and the chocolate biscuits in tow to uh, let me tell you about this RFID project. So in, in terms of the next phases that are coming, you're saying that you know, you've got this roadmap planned. Is that because you can see the benefit of the technology or are you, are you looking at specific problems is the right word, areas within the business that you think you can improve on and RFID will take
1: you on that, on that journey? I think from here on out, Paul, it's probably more about process optimization. Um, so stores being able to um, receive using the RFID technology, um, which you know, there's a little bit of uh, process optimization there, but what you're getting is is accuracy. Um, it's really improving the accuracy of what's coming in and coming out. Um, certainly sales. Um, if you think of some of the best exponents of RFID, um, you know, they've got the self-serve um, POS buckets where you just drop your item in. And as a first-time customer in those stores, you go, oh, wow, you don't even have to scan the barcode. So yeah, from here on in, it's really about optimization. Um, same applies in the, the DC environment. Um, I think there's, there's a fair bit of efficiency around the receiving process but it's mostly underpinned by the accuracy coming in from your suppliers. Um, but yeah, as I said, we're, we're still at the start, really. And we're excited to scope out all the benefit and deliver it. I'm
0: mm. Honestly, when you say uh, benefit in the uh, DC, the distribution center environment there, I did have a flashback to uh, my years at working in DCs, which is a long time ago now, uh, when uh, an entire sort of, uh, uh, you know, 40 tonner had arrived, and you'd have to manually check everything in or every product. So, uh, yeah. Where, where was that technology way back then when uh, there was this huge queue of trucks? Cause it just took hours <laughs> to, uh, uh, to get everyone uh, put in. So look, um, RFID clearly big part of the business. Uh, I'm just interested to know, is there anything else, you know, project wise, is there anything else that you're rolling out at the minute? Is there other, you know, parallel projects that you're working on? maybe from a pure risk uh, perspective? What what else is being rolled out, looked at, maybe even taken away within the business at the minute? Uh,
1: Not not really, Paul. Um, RFID is the big one because it's such a a beast. (laughs) There's not too many more projects coming my way. Um, All the other smaller projects really sit around uh, the, the logistics element um and and sort of optimizing processes um we recently implemented a ecom uh, AI fraud okay um, platform um I think I'm allowed to give plugs so that's that's riskified um okay. they've they've just made life so much easier once we implemented them um takes a whole lot of effort and time out of that manual review um, and, and they do a, a great job um that was a relatively small project um, delivered quickly and it's, yeah, it's been effective. Um, other than that, we're about to undertake a, a CCTV um, review. I know there's some exciting technology out there. Um, so keen to see what, what that can deliver.
0: Yeah. CCTV is an interesting one. It, um, um, it It's felt it sort of went through a decade without any real innovations at all, didn't it? Just sort of a few, evolutions on maybe you know slight increase in resolution but yeah it, it mm. feels like it sort of had a big uh, upgrade and certainly you know it can plug into whole you know, areas of, uh, of other bits of the business so yeah it'd be fascinating you say there's not too much going on but um yeah any vendors listening to this they're going okay so these guys are on a massive rfid rollout program um you know the e side of things has just been upgraded um, and they're going to be looking at cctv uh, in the I mean you have probably just named yeah that's the top 3 that most retailers know that they need to address or should be addressing and you're going no it's all fine we're not doing a great deal you've got one nailed RFIDs on the journey CCTV's next up i think you probably need to go and talk to a few peers and uh, uh and understand the uh, the challenges they they've got at the minute with the manual stock take and uh, an and online fraud through the roof oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So uh, it, it's a good journey. Um, look, I want to um, come on and talk to you a little bit more about how you manage to, if you like, influence people and the board around RFID. But before we do, just in time on a fashion, a quick uh, word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. 3x Logic. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. I am, of course, still talking to Josh Gatt from Forever New Clothing. Now, um, we heard before the break there on the great uh, strides that have been taken within the business around RFID. But I was interested, Josh, if I can, um, if you've got any insight about what you've learned over the years, particularly about the RFID project, about influencing to get what you want. What are your top tips? So, uh, I was joking slightly there before the break about you know, the, the great projects and programs that you've rolled out. You've continued to do that across your career other than being a thoroughly nice man. Uh, what, what is the strategy for, for influencing the board? What's your approach to getting people on board, you think?
1: Yeah, Paul, I probably have to highlight uh, initially. So revenue is a, a privately owned company. Um, and the shareholders at CEO and, and he's quite engaged and very supportive of the function. Um, he certainly understands the importance of investing um, in, in retail risk from a proactive point of view. Um, so I've found we've pretty much always had his support, um, but to underpin that, I think the best tip I can give anyone is to ensure you actually deliver um, on the outcome that, that you're, um, requesting um, so if you're putting forward a business case to say um, asking you to invest x and I can deliver y um, that you deliver on that um, if you can continually um, demonstrate that you're effective in your use of capex or opex um, these be- conversations become much easier um, if you're not at that point yet you don't have the runs on the board um, the, uh, you know, a, a tip would be just make sure you use data Data to clearly highlight the benefit, um, and I'll go that step further to make sure you engage your key senior leadership or executive stakeholders um, to validate the business case and, and what you're putting forward. Um, it can be difficult in our in our roles because you we're a cost center. We're not we're not delivering any top line benefit, but we do put forward. Um, Needs, needs to deliver process efficiency and, and have a, an impact on the bottom line mostly so that's where it can become difficult so to summarize um make sure you've got data that clearly illustrates what you're going to deliver and engage the key stakeholders around that process or project to validate what you're saying
0: yeah it's interesting there and, and i guess tied into that uh, sort of second question on that uh, thread if you like so you know, you operate at the very top of the retail risk uh, industry, if you like, you know, what qualities do you think you've got or, you know, a modern risk manager needs? Because once upon a time, these roles were filled by ex-military, ex-police, um, but that's changed. What what, what do you think? Yeah, if maybe there is somebody looking at this thinking that'll be my career of choice, but but what do you think the main qualities that you've got and other people in the industry that you see need to have now to make a success of the role
1: yeah good question and it's a great insight too paul that um there's a shift in our industry i often tell people um i'm a retailer i'm a retail operator Um, i don't have a security or um, military or policing background um this there's still people um who do um and you find they're very different operators. Um, To answer your question, I think the key uh, quality uh, you need to have in this role is being able to influence and effectively communicate. As I said uh, previously, you're running a cost center, you're not generating income. So any resource or investment that you're requesting um, really needs to clearly demonstrate um, that you're going to deliver a positive impact on the bottom line and, and uh, increase uh, profit. Um, so yeah, I think communicating and, and influencing um, uh, is the most important quality you can have in this this position.
0: Yeah, it's, um, uh, and you're right, it is shifting, isn't it? You know, the the, the, the profiles changing, um, the approach, but I mean, I don't know whether you'd agree with this, but the whole risk department seems to be the fact that you're on, you know third party uh, logistics and the carriers it seems that if you position yourself correctly then your sphere of influence is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I increasingly talk to senior individuals in positions such as yourself and and they're getting an ever increasing remit and things which you might have considered a bit left field at, at one point are now coming in I mean I'm guessing from your expansion and, and influence are you is that even going as far as you know getting involved in store design and layout i mean how far does your influence
1: go within your business yeah no it, it is a it is a, a good observation paul i mean it helps that <laughs> i've been at revenue for 11 and a half years now um and and part of the reason i've been here so long is um in that time i have been able to expand uh, my remit here. So I came in as a, a regional uh, retail risk manager um, and we've already discussed my current remit. Um, and I, I think to your point in this question, the fact that um, you know these new school retail risk operators have more of a retail operations mindset and they think about commercial outcomes means that um, you delve more into um, other departments. So, you know, your question on store design, um, you know, the RFID project has certainly um, pushed me um, into that conversation. more. We have to ensure our store of the future is designed to allow for RFID technology and and how we want to interact with customers and, and what efficiency we want to deliver from the RFID technology in our stores. Um, yes, yeah, so I think that summarizes the question.
0: Yeah, it um it, it is interesting, isn't it, that uh, that sort of very straight security aspect is just getting broader and broader. And yeah, if you're involved in RFID, that is all about store layout and design, and, and you're right, and then customer experience, and then before you know it, you're in discussions. You're no longer the, the, the no department, but you become <laughs> the, the, the yes, we can make it happen department. Now, um, I, I often like to ask people if they have sort of one piece of technology or process that they couldn't do without their go-to magic, and clearly RFID is providing huge benefit to your business, so you're not allowed to say that as, as an answer. You know, have you got the whole, you know, data analytics piece in there? Is that something that's been delivering uh, for you guys for, for some time? And that's just parked, and that and that works. You know, give give us give us an overview of uh, of, the, of that.
1: Yeah. So I think a couple we've touched on there, Paul. I think CCTV is a must. Um, I don't know how you'd manage your ORC component if you don't have CCTV. Um, so that's probably top of the list. Um, we touched on the e-commerce part um, and, and what underpins it all actually is um, what you've mentioned is data. Um, so again, really have to endorse the, the senior executive team at Forever New. They're always willing to invest in technology um, and we've got a brilliant um, data warehouse that's been built over the course of, gee, probably 10 years now, which means we don't have to bring in a third party uh, to plug in our data to find um, any internal threats around refunds and um, discounting fraud. Um, We've just got this uh, big data lake. Um, Fortunate enough, again, to have investment in our team where we've got a a business analyst. uh, We plug into Power BI. um, And the access we have to data Is endless, Um, and it just makes life so much easier. Um, So again, it's not just from identifying threats, um, but also using that data to build your business cases and and influence um, stakeholders. Um, I just, yeah, it's it it. If you're in a retail risk position and you're having an interview um for a potential role that's one of the first questions i'd be asking is what, what does your data look like because if you've got if you've got the right data um you can influence and do your job yeah, that comes back to the, the key quality you need in this role there you go top tip if you uh, want to poach
0: josh at any point in the future <laughs> make, make sure you know what's going on in the information side of your business so look final question for you retail's had a fairly turbulent year or two you know when you sit there with all of that experience and you look out you know do you feel optimistic are you concerned for the future you know certainly from a forever new perspective in terms of store openings econ new channel to market or maybe even the broader industry what what's your gut feeling on uh, on on what we're in for over the next few years
1: i think it's going to be tough um, we're still dealing with the, what you'd call the great supply chain disruption. Um, shipping lanes are still jammed, there's still congestion. Um, you've got the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Um, all of those things are, are putting downward pressure on costs. Um, you're seeing it in fuel surcharges. Um, so I think managing cost is, is going to be... Um, one of the major risks to to manage over the sort of the next 12 to 18 months. Um, And the flow on effect there from an operational point of view too. Um, uh, uh, Yeah, I'd have to say they're they're the biggest threats. Um, In terms of um, how we're looking at, I think exciting times be it for revenue. I mentioned you've had some exciting growth into your neck of the woods, Paul, in the UK. Um, Europe um, some strong partnerships in North America Um, and yeah across all different channels too Um, so I'm personally excited for for what's ahead Um, I think you just need to keep an eye on the um, I'm not even sure you'd call it an emerging risk anymore in terms of um, (laughs) the cost of living and and what's going to happen there
0: yeah it it is I think uh, you know you call it spot on it's uh, and you know businesses like yourself which you've got the technology in place to provide the best insight you know that's surely got to be the way forward so um josh um i know that uh we are going to be seeing you at retail risk melbourne which i have to give a plug for on the 3rd of august at my flights a book so i will look forward to my whatever that is 12th trip to australia i'm uh, i'm pushing the boat out this time i'm stopping for three nights instead of my usual Uh, Two, So uh, that's uh, almost a holiday. Um, Josh, thank you very much for your insight. It's always fabulous. Uh, Continue the stellar work at Forever New. Um, Just remember, there's a lot of people out there very, very envious of the support that you're getting from the senior management at your business. So you should feed back continually to them to to keep up the good work. Uh, But for now, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you in person very soon, Josh. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks, Paul. See you soon. Oh, 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 oh,